0: Hey, Homemade listeners, we're taking a break for a few weeks and getting ready for season two of the show. For the next few weeks, we're sharing some of our favorite episodes from the first season. I know you're really going to enjoy this one.
1: He said, Patty, hi, it's Reggie. I said, oh, hi, Reggie. I said, what's up? He said, I want you to come to my show tonight. I said, who are you opening for? He said, I'm Elton John now. I said, what? Anyway, we recorded a song at the Red Piano in Vegas. After it was finished, I said, Elton, here's your rings. He left them on the piano. He said, that's for your Tupperware. Instead of giving me back Tupperware, he gave me a diamond. Welcome to
0: Homemade from All Recipes, I'm Marty Duncan. On this podcast, we celebrate not just good food, but the good life, and my guest today is certainly living it. She was part of the first black vocal group to land on the cover of Rolling Stone and the first pop group to play the Metropolitan Opera House. She's got lots of hits and lots of awards. And now Patti LaBelle is racking up a new set of fans with her cooking and a special line of comfort food that you can find at Walmart. Okay,
1: the beans are done and beautiful, and they taste even better. I wish you could smell it, but you can't. But I'm gonna garnish it with paprika on top, whichever way you wanna pronounce it. I call it paprika.
0: Way before Mariah Carey hit those stratospheric high notes, Miss Patti LaBelle was cranking out the hits, and I was glued to my radio listening to her. I was just mesmerized. And let me tell you, that woman can still hit the high notes at 75 years young. She's amazing. I'm more than blown away to have Miss Patty LaBelle as our guest today on Homemade. Miss Patty. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this show. And I'm 76. You're 76? Uh I missed a birthday. (laughs) That's okay. Well, listen, I've been a fan of yours forever. I got that Rolling Stone magazine with you on the cover of it way back in the 70s. I used to subscribe to it, and I've been a fan ever since. I mean, all those hits. Thank you. I mean, the godmother of soul, that's what they call you. Of course, everybody knows you're the original Lady Marmalade way before Moulin Rouge. Patti LaBelle and LaBelle mm-hmm. did Lady Marmalade, and it was, I mean, listen, all <laughs> of us went around singing that, and then in the 80s, you came back with New Attitude, and that's like one of my best workout songs, man. It always met, pumps me up. <laughs> and it makes me feel like, yeah, I can do it, oh, dear. and then, of course, All My Own with Michael McDonald. Oh, it <laughs> makes my heart hurt, that one, oh. but you know, some of the other big songs of yours, like you did a cover of Over the Rainbow. You also did a cover of Change is Gonna come that I absolutely love and is so poignant for us right in this moment and in this time. Yes it is and uh, somebody loves you. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, so many hits. 50 million records sold. Thank you. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. But now you're not just the godmother of soul, because otherwise you probably wouldn't
1: be on a cooking podcast.
0: (laughs) You are the godmother of soul cooking. Well,
1: I cook comfort food. I cook soul food. I cook Italian food. I cook all kinds of food because I was born to cook. I read that somewhere that... Well,
0: of course, you're known for your music that cooking has always really been your first love ever since you were a
1: kid. Oh, yeah. I love cooking. You know, coming up with different recipes and trying a little bit of everything. And it relaxes me. It's what I'm doing now after being in the house for four months. I mean, I'm the COVID cooker.
0: Right. From the COVID-19 quarantine and stay-at-home orders, I did hear you on another interview say that you'd been cooking for your family, your kids Mm -hmm. and your grandkids. And I just think... You're a normal person. You're not just the diva. You're like a normal person. I am so normal. If I was hanging out at your house with you and your kids and your grandkids, Mm -hmm. what are they asking for? What is the number one thing that they want every day?
1: My little babies, they love my macaroni and cheese. They eat macaroni for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And my son and his wife, they uh, eat whatever I cook because my son has a great scale of cooking also. So he's been doing a lot of the cooking. Like he'll take my recipe and say, oh, no, mine is the way you make it. Yeah, right. He steals my recipes, but he does (laughs) it well and respectfully. But you did that with your
0: grandmother, didn't you?
1: With my mom.
0: Yeah. With your mom. And then didn't you use some of your grandmother's recipes, like the pie recipes? And- oh, you got that right. I mean, that's how you do it. You pass it down. Yeah. That's why I really wanted to have you on the show. Because for me, the stories, the backstories, it's like music, isn't it? Yeah. When you eat something, it takes you to a place and time. It's an ingrained memory of something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so important for us to pass these things down to our kids and our Grandkids, and make sure these family traditions continue.
1: Stay in the family forever and always pass it on,
0: always. Doesn't it, though, when you take a bite of something that you learn to make from your grandmother or your
1: mother, doesn't it just put you somewhere? You know, them when they were living and how I learned by watching them cook, especially my mom and my dad, I watched them a lot. And because I was a very homely type little girl, I didn't go out and have friends, but I had cooking skills from watching them. That's when I really learned how to prepare meals. I learned from my mother as well. Did you? Yes, I did. My
0: most prized
1: possession would
0: be my cast iron skillet that my mother gave me and her rolling pin. What are some of the things you used to cook with your mom and dad? I would make fresh fried
1: corn. Ooh, my favorite now. They always go. And when I went with them, I would stick my finger in to see if it was sweet and not chalky tasting. And that's what I still do. And my friends who go shopping with me, they said, they're going to put you out of this store. I said, I'm not buying no old corn. So I stick my fingernail (laughs) in it and paste my finger because they're clean. And the nail is always sweet. You know, when you get like around this time, yesterday I made fresh fried corn. I made like 20 ears of fresh fried corn with bronzino, sautéed spinach and heirloom tomatoes and basil. Listen, fried corn is one of my all-time
0: favorites. It is such a luxury. Okay, now I want you to walk me through how to make it.
1: Okay, so when you go to the grocery store, we go to the farmer's market, and always get the one with the husk already still on. Don't get the one that's been husked because you don't know how long they've been unhusked, okay? Once you peel it and take all the silk off and everything, and you cut them halfway, and then you cream the rest off, you know, with the knife. I have a cast iron, too, for my mom, but I don't do the corn in that because it might right. stick. So I put it in one of those, what are they called? The- Teflon-covered, like nonstick. Yes, nonstick. And so I add the corn to that, but I put the half-and-half half cream in the bottom so it won't start sticking. Oh, girl. And half-and-half and half cream as it's cooking, but not a lot. And then you put, like, a stick of butter in 20 years. So then I put heavy black pepper. Heavy, like cracked black pepper. You Yes. Uh-huh. You know, with the uh, press, you press it out. And of course, it's still chunky, but it's still so good. The taste is better. And uh, sea salt, cook it for about 10 to 15 minutes because you don't want it soggy. You want it still crisp. I made it last night and it's some leftover, a little bit that we're going to fight over me and my house. When I lived
0: in Chicago, there's cornfields all around us and we would go and pick that corn and put it up and freeze it. And then we'd have fried corn all the way up through Christmas.
1: That's the best way. That's so awesome.
0: Your brand is called Good Life. And as Mm -hmm. I was doing my research, I'm like, I wonder why they didn't call it like Miss Patty's. And now I know after I I was sitting there today and I went, oh my God, what a life. Not just Mm. a career, because everybody knows this career, but what a life, the experiences that you have had. How about hanging out with Prince at his house, recording an album?
1: Unbelievable. He was so special and so genuine and so weird and i loved everything about him and so the weird thing was well first of all i recorded here for a week and he has a tailor on the premises and so he had to make me four outfits and then he said one night after we finished recording i would like to take you to my house to cook for me i said okay so i have to tell him what to get so they got about seven items And the only thing he ate was my biscuits. I said, you're not going to eat anything else? No, I just wanted a biscuit. But you had me cook all this food? Anyway, so then he and my musical director, they were playing Shooting Pool. And then he said, I want to take you to a club. So we all went to a club in the Alphabet car. I said, oh, my goodness. And we got there. We were dancing on the dance floor. I mean, he treated me like I was his mother. Uh, just such a gentleman. Okay, you've got Grammy Awards. You're an actress,
0: Hallmark movies, NBC shows, sitcom. I mean, you were on The mass Singer. And I got to tell you, when I thought about the name of your brand, I'm like, good life. Hadn't she had one? So let's get back to this good life. I want to talk a little bit about that. You've got two cornbreads. Now, here in the South, it's a fight the thing that I have the highest number of comments that I ever got on social media, I asked the question, cornbread, period, sugar or no sugar? And that was a fight, honey. Right. And you know, I have the answer. You've got two of them.
1: I have a sweet one and the savory one, you know, and the one that the normal people eat. Like the sweet one, I really don't eat that much because I'm a diabetic. I mean, I taste it and it's so good, but I don't go too far with it. But Yeah, I have two cornbread. Well, I was going to say that's so smart
0: because that way you get both camps. (laughs) You get the people who like the sugar in their cornbread, and then you get the people like the purists who are like, sugar in my cornbread, are you kidding me? I'm so tickled that you make it because now for Thanksgiving, I'm not going to have to make cornbread for my dressing. I'm just going to get yours. Good. Don't make it, honey. Get mine. It's really good. And then I love the fact that with your mac and cheese, you didn't just skimp out either. You do six cheeses in there. Is that a recipe that you've had for a long time or is this something you created for good life?
1: Actually, it's with eight cheeses, but for my package one, it's six cheeses. I mean, I created it because when I was making it one day, I said, why not try this, 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 all eight cheeses? And it tastes just like the six cheese macaroni. I'm not bored. But I love to come up with recipes. So whenever I'm cooking something, I might cook it the same way. Like on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, I cook it a different way. You know, when you have all this time, you just create things. And I love creating. It's
0: so true.
1: I want to know what's one of the things you're most excited about that you've
0: created recently. While you've been in quarantine and on lockdown, what is the thing you've been most excited about creating?
1: Oh, my goodness. So many things with pasta, with Italian turkey sausage, spicy. Turkey sausage and the turkey meatballs. Oh, that sounds great! I love making pasta. You know, with all different types of pasta, mostly red sauce. I do some white sauce when I'm doing the clams and the shrimp with the pasta. I'm just always creating, Marty. It's like so many things to cook. So many things come to my mind, and you're never knowing how it's going to taste. So, of course, when I cook it, I have my housekeeper, Edward, come and I said, taste this. He said, mmm, yum. I'm a good cook. That's the difference. No measuring. Just cook.
0: So I would say your sweet potato pie was kind of like your lady marmalade. That was your breakout hit, wasn't
1: it? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Right. That was the lady marmalade. Uh-huh. Tell me a little bit about, like, secrets to that. Your pie crust, for example. Was this something that you had to teach yourself,
1: your grandmother, your mama, daddy taught you? My mother and grandma, they they made the ones with the uh, crust crust. Sometimes if you don't have time to make a crust, you buy a crust and you can add anything to your crust, more butter or whatever. So I do it both ways. And every time you make a sweet potato pie, you add a little something and sometimes you don't. It's like an experiment every time I do pie. My mother grew up in the children's home
0: in Troy, Alabama, and all the kids uh-huh. there had to cook. It was part of the deal. You had to have a job and you had to do something. But she made us a a dessert, homemade dessert every day, and it
1: was usually a pie or a cobbler every day, every single day. My dad cooked better than my mother. Really? He was a great cook, yeah. He had a restaurant. He cooked his face off, and my mother, I think, learned from him, and I learned from both of them. So it's good when you have parents who can cook and show you what to do. Yeah. That's right. So many
0: people didn't get that blessing like we did. No, they didn't. Miss Patty, did he have a restaurant in your... I mean, do you remember going there? I went
1: once in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. (laughs) It was like a a bar restaurant. It was cute. What do you remember that he would make? He was known for his ribs and barbecue.
0: Oh, yes. So I have a feeling there's going to be some barbecue in this lineup here one of these
1: days. It's going to be. You know what, Marty? I'm trying to do everything that everybody will cook for themselves but they won't have to cook it once patty patty puts her stuff out you know so yeah it's going to be a little bit of everything miss patty you're a very fearless cook but so many people
0: especially with the pandemic are just really learning to cook and they're hesitant to mm-hmm. try new things what advice do you yes. have for beginning cooks to help them become more
1: fearless like you get a cookbook or watch some of my demonstrations online because it's so easy You know, I've never learned from that. I was born this way. Right. But it's like you can learn a lot from YouTube cooking channels. I think you can, too.
0: But the problem for me with a lot of them, especially when they're trained chefs and have been to culinary school and all that, a lot of times they will speak in terms or use language
1: that is not familiar. Oh, no, not those. Girl, not those. No, no, no. Real talking people. (laughs) (laughs) Like us. Right. Like us. Just. Talk it out and they'll listen and they'll learn quicker if you don't give them, okay, you measure a teaspoon of this, a tablespoon of that. No, no, no. Look and learn. And like I said, I never measure.
0: My mother didn't either. When I got married, I would call my mom and I'm like, hey, mom, I want to try like something. And she would say, oh, I don't know, like just a little bit of that. I'm like, a little bit as in a half a cup Mm -hmm. or a little bit as in she goes, no, 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 just, I mean, you know, just to taste and. Right. Or you, it'll, you'll feel it when it, and I'm like, I'll feel it. Oh. That's what it is. I call it soul
1: drops. You put soul drops of anything in your food and it'll be awesome. Soul drops,
0: of course, the godmother of soul
1: would, <laughs> that's how you would cook
0: with some soul drops. Hey, listen, I want to ask you about the buttermilk pie because I had a friend whose mother always made those buttermilk pies. My, that is one of my favorite things, anything
1: buttermilk really, but I love a buttermilk pie. Isn't it good? I mean, oh, so good! Ah, God, but here's the thing again, because I'm diabetic, I can eat a little piece of it. But I think that buttermilk pie is the perfect
0: background, let's say, for all of our summer fruits. Oh, yeah. Peaches, for example, cherries, peaches, strawberries, blueberries, Peach cobbler's cherry cobbler's. Yeah. I think that if you use that buttermilk pie, let, let's say you're having some folks over and you don't want to make dessert, take that buttermilk pie, and all you have to do is. Get some
1: blueberries, but heat them up,
0: make a little bit of a compote, put it on the top. It's so fancy. (laughs)
1: You know what else I do with that? I put uh, lemon zest and orange zest on top whenever I taste it. Ooh, that sounds good. I love lemon zest on
0: practically everything. Me too. Day. Or Woo! orange zest. I hadn't thought about that, but that sounds really good. Yeah, I think it would be good with fresh strawberries, just macerate them a little bit and put those on there. The tang from the buttermilk was offset the sweetness of the fruit. I think a perfect pairing, a perfect combination. We'll have more with Miss Patti LaBelle right after the break. you get your podcasts, you can also find us online at southernliving.com/slash-biscuits-and-jam. Welcome back to Homemade. I'm Marty Duncan, and today I'm talking with the godmother of soul herself, Miss Patty LaBelle. Let's talk about greens for just one minute because this is a cooking show. So in your greens, you put in collards and kale? Well, yes, and
1: smoked turkey. They're a little spicy. Would that come from cayenne or hot sauce? No, I would put red pepper flakes because they come in all different stages, the red flakes. Sometimes you get them they're a little dull, then you can get some so hot it's like a habanero pepper that you've just eaten. Mine and the greens that I have is probably from one to ten. I say it's like number five hot because everybody can do hot like I do.
0: Southerners like a lot of hot sauce and spice, so my people are kind of used to that. Miss Patty, who, besides Prince, who would be like the number one person you've ever cooked for that you were so excited to cook for? Outside
1: your family, of course. Well, the Rolling Stones came to Philly at the Spectrum some years ago, and Bill, Bill Wyman, Bill, the guitar player, called me and said, Patty, we're in Philly, because we used to open the show for the Stones back in the day, and um, they knew that I was a cook. So when they came to Philly, here comes this call saying, Patty, would you please just make us something? So I said, well, you have catering there. And I said, okay, one stipulation is whenever I do these seven things for you guys, I did brisket, I did cabbage, I did fried corn, I did rice and gravy. So I said, the only thing is make sure you write Patty LaBelle on all seven of my big bins that I'm going to send you guys. I said, I don't want to offend the people who are going to do the regular food, you know, when we have caterers for the shows. But I said, and share it with Living Color. I think that was the group that was on with them. Anyway, Richard Pryor, Arsenio Hall, Elton John. Yes, I cook for Elton. Oh, wow. He paid me back with a diamond ring. What? Because back in the day, he was my piano player when we were in London at the Scotch Club or somewhere. So he was Reggie at the time. And whenever we finished the shows, they were all hungry. Nobody had any money. So I would bring them to my flat, and we would all cook for you know, for the group, and I would always send them home with Tupperware. Now, one thing I love are beautiful shopping bags and beautiful Tupperware. I don't give it away. So that night, I gave them my Tupperware, and about 10 years later, he calls there to specs. The spectrum. He said, Patty, hi, it's Reggie. I said, oh, hi, Reggie. I said, what's up? He said, I want you to come to my show tonight. I said, who are you opening for? He said, I'm Elton John now. I said, what? Where's my Tupperware? It's a long story. (laughs) Anyway, we recorded a song at the Red Piano in Vegas. After it was finished, I said, Elton, here's your rings. He left them on the piano. He said, that's for your Tupperware. So I have a beautiful ring that he gave me. Instead of giving me back Tupperware, he gave me a diamond. I've cooked for so many people, thank God.
0: That was a pretty good exchange right there. Tupperware for a diamond. Yeah. You got the better end of that deal. (laughs) Yeah, he's been one of my favorites. When I was a little girl, I had his picture plastered all over my walls. Really? Oh, yes, I did. I loved him. And I saw him last year. I did a bucket list year of artists that I have always loved, but maybe that I hadn't seen in like 30, 40 years. And I mean, I saw everybody, everybody, everybody. (laughs) I saw him a couple times. Wasn't he good? Oh my gosh. Amazing. He still mm, he is. Still He's is. still a showman. He'll never stop. Just like you and me now. I'm never going to stop either. Right. We won't stop. No reason. I had Carla Hall on this podcast a oh. couple of weeks ago, and I asked her the same question I just asked you about who would she most want to cook for? And you know what she said? What? Miss Patty LaBelle. No, she did. Yes, she
1: did. Are you serious? She did. I can't wait to text her and say... What a compliment. Tell her. You know, I watch her every chance I get to watch her because she's reminds me so much of my cousin. And when we met, she has such a soul spirit. She does. And just tell her I love her even more now. Well, you know, <laughs>
0: she's a biscuit queen, and I'm the biscuit boss, and you are the godmother of biscuits. We need to get together and sing and cook.
1: <laughs> right. Can you sing? Honey, I will. It's. I know there's a big difference. Okay. <laughs> But as long as you sing, it doesn't have to be like Mariah Carey or anything. Just sing. There's a big difference between can and will, but I will. I
0: will definitely sing. I mean, it's in my heart. I wish I had your talent. (laughs) I don't.
1: I can cook. But I love Carla Hall. Tell her I said my love. I will tell her that. Yes, that's my
0: girl. She talked about peach cobbler, too. She gave us some pretty good oh, tips yeah. on her peach cobbler. And the way she does it is very different. She kind of blind bakes her bottom crust. So And do gets I. it like browned. And then she cooks her fruit. She said on the peaches, she just cooks mm-hmm. them to death, like soul food style. And then she put her crust on the top. So we just had a, such a fun time talking peach cobblers and biscuits and all those good things. Oh.
1: Great. Well, we do that the same way, the peach cobbler.
0: What fruits and vegetables are you most excited about this season?
1: Well, I love to cook cabbage. Really? And I love uh, sugar snap peas. You know, you cook them for like five minutes with the fresh garlic and butter. And when you bite them, of course, they're going to crunch, crunch. Yum. So I love making those. And anytime string beans, patty, labella, that's what mozzarella cheese. Uh, fresh tomatoes, and the kids eat that. They'll eat that because there's mozzarella cheese on it.
0: So you put that on your green beans?
1: Yes, honey, and broccoli also. They love broccoli, so you steam the broccoli like you normally do, Okay. and at the end add the provolone or the mozzarella cheese, Ooh, nice. and they love it because they're not crazy about veggies, but when kids see cheese and pulling cheese, when it's pulling, like pizza, They love it. So I've been doing a lot of those things for the babies, you know, other than my macaroni. I just go in the kitchen and just start cooking. I'm that girl.
0: Yeah. My mother was like that, too. I would always think, I don't have anything in here to make. And my mother already had like three things made over there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did you do that? Well, I'm still over here looking in the pantry. And you've already made (laughs) three things.
1: She's the OG, original gangster. Yes, she ma'am. She knows how to do it. She did. Mm-hmm. She surely
0: did. I, I'm <laughs> telling you what, it's the greatest blessing to have grown up in a family of cooks. My mother was a great mm. cook. My two aunts were really yes. great cooks. And when we would have family get-togethers, all the things that would come to the table, my Aunt Bus was known for her coconut cake. What's your favorite cake to make at home for a birthday? Lemon cake,
1: lemon bundt cake. As I told you, I love lemon zest. Anything with lemon in it. And the kids, they don't eat it. They don't really like it. You know, the older folks like it.
0: Miss Patty, I'll tell you one thing we always ask our guests on this show. What is your guilty pleasure? Mm -hmm. I know being a diabetic, you probably have to keep yourself in check. But if you're going to let yourself
1: have one thing, what would it be? Okay, I'm going to say this, but I don't do it often. Okay the Starbucks lemon cake with that white icing. I love that, too. I love that. I love lemon. And so every now and then when they go to Starbucks, they might treat me to one slice, and I'll take a little piece, a little piece, until I'm finished, like in four days. But that's one of my weaknesses. I love that cake. And I used to love Haagen-Dazs chocolate ice cream. I don't do it anymore. I used to love it. I can't stop. If I start on the ice cream, man, i eat the whole thing. (laughs) But, see how strong I am, I make sure they fill the freezer with it and every night the next morning I wake up and said, I didn't do the chocolate ice cream. I'm good to go. So I can have it around and I'm not tempted. That's how good I am now.
0: Is your lemon bunk cake sort of like a version of that Starbucks lemon?
1: It's like that. Yes it is. Tell
0: me how you make yours. Do you put a confectioner's sugar type of
1: glaze sort of like theirs or? It's like the ingredients that you do for a lemon cake with extra lemon zest and I don't do ice. Online. I don't do icing. Just a plain bun- lemon cake. Well, just so you know, this
0: podcast is produced by All Recipes. You know, we're a, a community of 60 million <laughs> home cooks. 60 what? million home cooks. Yes, ma'am. And we just did a copycat version of the Starbucks lemon cake. You can find that online and now you won't Stop. even have, you won't Stop. Even have Stop. to go to the Starbucks. <laughs> You'll be able to make it at
1: home. I can just make it myself. Yes, I will. But you know what else I was thinking about, too, Marty? What's that? Okra corn and tomatoes. Do you ever make that? I just picked a basket
0: full of okra yesterday. You know how okra is when you plant it, girl? You can't cut it fast enough. You look at it, and it's like a teeny little thing. And if you look at it an hour later, it's so big, you can't fry it because it's tough. You have to stew it.
1: But I am an okra lover. People either love it or hate it. I love okra, period. Yeah, I don't know why that came to my mind, but since you're such a southern girl, I know you know about that okra.
0: I'm growing a bushel of it out in my backyard right this minute. I wish minute. I
1: lived near you. My God. If you
0: did, I would come <laughs> over there and I would get you to what? make me some fried corn I and would. I would make you some okra.
1: Anything. Oh, uh, well, we have to meet one day.
0: I am hopeful for that.
1: Okay, And I'm going to tell
0: Carla Hall when she comes to cook for you, I'm going to be her sous yes. chef. I'm going to be her sous chef, for sure. Oh,
1: uh, really? Yes. Well, just give her all my hugs. I will.
0: Miss Patty, thank you for your generosity of your time and your spirit. And thank you so thank much you. for telling us some of the great stories behind your food on the Homemade Podcast oh, today. Right. I am so thankful and so Thank you. Nice talking to you. All right. Very nice. I'm going to have a new attitude.
1: You better get one,
0: honey. I got a new attitude, baby. I can't wait. That's right. Yes. All righty. (laughs) Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Miss Patty. Have a great life. You too. You too. Keep on kicking, sister. Thank you. Okay. I can't stop.
1: Okay, honey. (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: Okay. You can find Patty LaBelle's cooking videos on YouTube, and you can follow her on Instagram at Miss Patty LaBelle. Subscribe to the podcast. I'm not sure exactly how this happens, but when you rate us and you leave us a review, it makes it easier for other people to find the podcast. So if you could, please leave us some feedback. I'd really appreciate it. And don't forget, you can find thousands of recipes, meal ideas, and cooking how-tos from the world's largest community of cooks at allrecipes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This podcast was recorded in Birmingham, edited in Atlanta, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Homemade is produced by All Recipes with executive editor, Jason Burnett. Thanks to our Pod People production team, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Tanya Ott, and Maya Croft. Thanks for listening. I'm Marty Duncan, and this is Homemade.